Thank you so much. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, if you'd stand with me as you turn. Isaiah 55. And boy, I appreciate that song. One day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And um, I'm looking forward to that. Isaiah 55. I want to read the entire chapter. And here from Isaiah 55, just 13 verses. Isaiah 55, beginning in verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline thine ear, and come unto me, hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, and even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God, and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Let's pray. Lord, I love you, and I thank you so much for the scripture that we have in our hand tonight. Lord, you said the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. And you gave it to us on purpose for tonight. And I pray, Lord, that as I preach your word, that I'd say what you'd have me to say in the way you'd have it to be said, that you'd feed us from the scripture tonight. We love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. That first verse, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come, and ye buy and eat. Yea, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Verse 2 says this, Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat. Ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. He says, why do you spend money for that which is not bread, that, that which, which can do nothing for you, and, your, la- and you, your labor for that which satisfieth not? He begins this chapter reminding them that there's some things that folks labor for, spend for, work towards, and provide no satisfaction for it. Uh, you know, it's, it's there and gone. I, I think of those as cheese puffs. Anybody cheese puff fans in here? You eat a cheese puff once and it's gone, all right? And you eat some cotton candy, it's there and then you're gone. You're still hungry. And there's certain things that they just provide no satisfaction. You might want more of them, but there's not a whole lot of satisfaction in it. And if you get too much of it, you're really going to be lacking some satisfaction. And so he begins this with some folks that were looking for something that could find no satisfaction. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 1, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He said, I have something for you that does satisfy. If you go to the end of the chapter, the last two, two verses of the chapter, he said, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. 
The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. He begins with some people that are thirsting and, and don't have, and then he finishes with some folks with joy and satisfaction in their life. Have you ever looked back, gone into a place in your life when you were pursuing something that could offer absolutely no satisfaction? That, that's the lure of the world, isn't it? The lure of the world is that they try to get us to pursue things that offer no satisfaction. You're looking for another accomplishment. You're looking for another experience. You're looking for another possession. And, and over and over again, it promises if you just get a little bit more, you'll be satisfied, only to find out there is no satisfaction in it. And many times, there's a whole lot of heartache in it. This chapter is being written to a people, and he said, I, I know you're thirsty. And he said, what you have pursued is, provides absolutely no satisfaction. And then he comes down to the end of the chapter and he speaks about someone with joy and the rejoicing that is there that comes for satisfaction. I think in the middle of this chapter, the Lord provides us with you, if you will, a roadmap to that satisfaction we desire in our life. I think of how the Lord would say in scripture, he, he would say that he came not just that we might have life, but that we might have life more what? Abundant. He, he wants us to have an abundant life, a joyful life, something that's not tied to the things of this world. And uh, in this world, there is always the lure to pursue, pursue something that appears to bring some form of satisfaction, but at the end, it's just, it's just empty. It's empty. And it leaves people wanting more. It, it leaves folks with, with broken lives oftentimes, with unsatisfied lives, with, with heartache in their life and dissatisfaction in their life. And yet the Lord reminds us there is that God provides us that fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering, those things that if you could really sum up what is a satisfied life, you would have to say love, joy, peace, faith, temperance, those things that when we are in possession of them, boy, you would say there is satisfaction in the Lord. And in the middle of this passage, he, he says, what I, what I love about verse 1, it says, ho, and then two words, every what? Everyone. You know what the Lord is saying? Everyone can know that. Everyone. Aren't you thankful for a whosoever will gospel? I am thankful for a gospel that is available to everyone. The Lord didn't die for the few. He didn't die for just the chosen. And God died for all. Died for the sins of the whole world. And he, and he died. And it's a whosoever will gospel. And I'm thankful here in this passage of scripture that there is a satisfaction that is available to everyone. I mean, you could put your name there if, if you don't know that satisfaction, that joy of the Lord. If, if you do not feel that, that satisfaction in your life, God's got your name there that it is readily available to you. There is joy, there is love, there is peace, there is that satisfaction in the Christian life. And the danger, I think, whether young or old, is that we're in pursuit of things that look like they provide something, but in reality do not. The older we get, maybe the more the facade of it all wears off a little bit. But the reality is, so many times we're pursuing things that offer no satisfaction in life. And this passage of Scripture, I think the Lord provides that way that he, that he talks about here in the end of this chapter when he says, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. For ye shall go out with joy. Be led forth with peace. Look at a few things that I, that I think stand out to this person who finds that satisfied life. Look at verse 6. 
Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Well, there's the first key, isn't it? Seek ye the Lord. Uh, satisfaction isn't wrapped up in an experience. It's wrapped up in Christ. Satisfaction is not wrapped up in accomplishment. It's, it's wrapped up in Christ. Satisfaction is not wrapped up in a, in a, in a possession. It is wrapped up in Christ. You, you will not find love, joy, peace, gentleness, long-suffering in any of the things this world promises, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. That's, that's the, the experiences of life, the possessions of life, the accomplishments of life. No, those that, that true peace and satisfaction is wrapped up in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Uh, what, I, what I love about that is if you go to verse 3, it says this. The Lord would say, incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Incline your ear and come unto me here and your soul shall live. Hey, I, I tell you this, seek ye the Lord while he may be found of you. The reality is when you're seeking God, you find a God who is already seeking you. Incline your ear. It's almost as if he was saying, I'm already speaking. It's not that I'm going in search of someone who doesn't want to be found. I'm going in search of someone who wants to be found. As a matter of fact, he's already speaking. I like it. It's not even just for the Jew the Lord would highlight here. And it says in verse 5, Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Not just for Israel, it's for all. Not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. I, I will tell you this, you know, if you're looking for peace, find Christ. You're looking for joy, find the Lord. Pursue him. It's, it's, not in every, it's not in getting everything you need or having every need met or all of these things in life. It's found and it's wrapped up in the Lord. You know, we're all, we, we, we miss the peace and the joy of the Lord and the satisfaction of life when we're pursuing things to be settled for us. Meet this need and I'll have it. Help me accomplish this and I'll have it. Let me possess this and I'll have it. No, friend, you'll have it when you have him. You'll have it when you have him. Now, we find that in our prayer time. I think the greatest blessing of prayer is not the answer that comes after we pray, but the one that we meet with when we pray. Have, have you ever known the peace of the Lord in the middle of your prayer time before you ever experience the answer? As you begin to spend time in prayer with God, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You lift your voices up and you praise him and you thank him for who he is. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, and Lord, would you, would you work these things out in my life? I want your will to be done. As you lift your voice up in prayer, laying out your, your burdens before him, as you confess your sins before him, as you seek his face, and all of a sudden, something happens in your heart. Peace. Joy. Why? You met with somebody. You met with somebody. You're still waiting on the need to be met. The obstacle to be taken care of. The situation to be settled. But you met with somebody. Seek ye the Lord. While he may be found. Draw nigh to him. And 
we see this, that God reminds us there is a satisfaction. That's why, Christian, you can pursue the lust of the flesh or the experiences of life and find, it, and find everything dry at the end. That's why you can pursue the possessions of life and still have nothing. You can pursue the accomplishments of life and have a long stack and still be dissatisfied. And this world is, pro- is proving it over and over again. In our land of abundance, where people are in pursuit of some type of peace and they pursue it even into some vile perversity in our life, in their lives. And it's wrecking lives and really peace and joy and satisfaction is wrapped up in someone and his name is Jesus. Seek ye the Lord. I'll ask you this, this, this week, this Christian, who are you pursuing? You lack peace this week, turmoil, heartache? Go looking for him. Seek ye the Lord. Seek him. It won't be in trying to find all of those other things. It'll be found when you find him. No, first we see that word seek. Then we see, I think, this need to separate. Look at verse 7. Let the wicked, what? Forsake his way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He's calling for a cleansing of our life, isn't he? Separation from sin and wickedness in our life. The word wicked, it means lawless. It means not walking according to the word of God. You know, we put a uh, wickedness is, is when someone makes a decision to do that which God says not to do. To pursue the things that are not lined out in the word of God. And the Lord said, let the wicked forsake his way. That's their actions. And their unrighteous man, his thoughts. That's the inner condition of the heart. And let him return into the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. You want to know that satisfaction? Clean your heart and life up. Sometimes we've built a wall of sin between us and our Savior. We've allowed it to pile up. We quench the Spirit in our life. We grieve Him in our life. We turn the volume down on His voice as we enter into things that we know are He is not in favor of, and we enter into them, and then we wonder why we lack peace. And so we pursue, folks begin to pursue peace and joy in more sin and more things opposite from the Lord, pursuing what they desperately want. And in reality, God gives us this call, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. He says, clean your life. I would tell you this, when you're losing satisfaction, number one, seek God and number two, search your heart. Search your heart and life. And... Go, go, get your, go to your heart and get it out of your way and say, Lord, is my life right with you? In pursuit of the Lord and, and saying, Lord, is my, I like how it says it finishes up there, and he shall abundantly pardon. What he does, he wipes the slate clean. I'm thankful for God who wipes the slate clean. Like it never happened before. 
I, I think I've used this illustration before, but my brothers and I used to flip some houses and do some of those things. One day we ended up with one we were renting out. I went to this house and um, I had a call and their, their drains were clogged. On one of these houses we rented, their, their bathroom da- drain was clogged. That's an unpleasant job, all right? For some reason, I got the job of being the one who cleared it out, all right? So I went to the, uh, yeah, yeah, it should have been you. I don't know where you were, all right? And uh, he's probably sipping a lemonade under some tree somewhere, all right? And uh, no, no, but I, so I went to Lowe's, I think, or Home Depot, and I rented one of those electric eels, one of those augers, and I went to the house, and, and I took the, the toilet off of the drain, and I, I ran that auger down there, and I started running that thing down there, and I got it so far, and it got stuck. And, you know, that's bad. That's really bad. And uh, so I'm trying to work it in and work it back out, trying to get it out. Finally, I get it to break loose. But, but as I break it loose and as it's backing out, that, that electric eel is just spinning, spinning, all right? And you can imagine what happened in this little restroom and all of that spinning. And I won't give you the graphic detail of it, but it is graphic and it is gross, all right? And, uh, and it's not even in your own home. It's somebody else's home. That makes it 10 times worse, all right? And so I, I went, to, went to Lowe's, and, uh, and I got some, some stuff to put down the drain to eat away what was ever in there, and I put it down there and, and let it sit for an hour or so, and then I went back after it, and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, it all broke loose, but when I was done, um, I was not fit company, all right? I was not fit company. Don't shake your head so much, all right? And, uh, and uh, I was not good to be around, all right? And, uh, and I got up, it was Wednesday, it wasn't that far from, from church. I, I was dirty on the outside, and friend, I was dirty on the inside, I will tell you that. I did not have the greatest of attitudes at that moment, all right? And uh, took, that, uh, took that back, but I went home, and I showered, and I showered, and I showered, and I showered some more. And uh, when I got to church, I shook everybody's hand that I could, all right, before there was really hand sanitizer, all right? But you know, you couldn't tell, right? Couldn't tell. Cleaned up, cleaned up, didn't tell everybody about it until, you know, now and a few other times, right? Now nobody will shake my hand after church, all right? That's all you'll picture. And, uh, but you couldn't even tell the dirt and the grime and the grossness that I had already been in that evening. You know what God is saying? He abundantly pardons. He cleans our life. He takes the dirt and the grime and the, and the grotesque nature of sin, and he cleans it up. He clothes us in his righteousness, and he takes our sin upon him. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto God. And he said, let, he said, I will abundantly pardon. Can I tell you something, Christian? There is a God who is waiting for people to seek pardon. David said, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. I will tell you, the satisfaction is not found in excusing sin, but exposing it and confessing it in your life. And I will tell you this, if you don't deal with it, God sooner or later will. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also, what? Reap. Hey, the Lord will deal with it in our life. If you're his child, he won't let it be. He won't. And God gives us this call. 
He goes, if you're lacking the joy and the satisfaction of life, he said, number one, seek God, but number two, separate sin from your life. Get a hold of God and and seek that forgiveness and the cleansing that comes from knowing Christ. And that's the call of this passage. We see the word seek, we see separate, we see surrender. Look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thought. Boy, that passage, I'm thankful for a God who sees further than I do, aren't you? I'm thankful for a God whose thoughts are not my thoughts, and whose ways are not my ways, but they are higher than mine. I'm thankful for a God who is God. Uh, you know, it seems like we're, we're living in a day and age in which the only way people will believe in God is if he can be explained to them. And friend, if God can be explained, then he's not God. If you can reduce God to your level, then he's not God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And friend, if he is only where you are at, that he cannot see over where you are at. Look, there are times in our life when we do not understand God and be thankful you don't understand God because that means he sees further than you do. We know that he loves us. He, he showed his love for us when he died on the cross for us. He, we know that the thoughts that he thinks, to us, thinks of us are not evil, but they're, we're peace. We know he has a desire to give us an expected end. So trust who God is and don't ask God always to explain himself, but be thankful for a God whose ways are higher than your ways. And be willing to surrender to God when you do not understand God. Too many times we will only surrender to God when we understand God. When we understand what he's doing, when he's given explanation of himself and, and talk about arrogance to demand explanation of God. That's one thing to go to God. God, I need help. Sooner or later, God gives us that understanding. But friend, trust him and surrender to him. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And thank God they are. I'm thankful, for the, I'm, I'm thankful for the love of God, but I'm thankful for the holiness of God. Because if he was not a holy God, then he could not bear my sin. If he was not a just God, he wouldn't have gone to Calvary. We do not always understand God, but we ought to always surrender to God. You want to know peace and satisfaction? Seek him, separate from sin, and to surrender to what he's doing in your life. We ought to come to a place where we just say, God, I don't understand it. And when you, if you would, I'd love to hear, but in the meantime, I'm just going to trust you. I love it in Philippians when it says, a peace that passeth understanding. In other words, there's an unexplainable peace that God can give us in prayer if you read that chapter. But that word passeth also means supreme. It means God offers a peace that is better than understanding. If you've ever been with God very long in his word and in prayer, you'll know what it's like, that, that peace that God can give us that is better than if he had just leaned, leaned over and said, this is why. Because, friend, if he told me why, I may not like his answer either. I may not. But surrender. You know, there, there, is, a, there is a satisfaction that only comes by way of surrender. 
I'm afraid so many times that we live in a, if we're not careful, people have a surrenderless, a surrenderless relationship with God. In other words, we don't surrender. We live in a day and age, it seems, where there's less standards and convictions than ever. And I'm not going to pick on them individually, but I will tell you one of the great expenses of it. Don't get me wrong. Some people have handled those things very wrongly. But I tell you what a, a product of there not being much of that has been. No surrender. No surrender. When's the last time you had to lay down what you wanted for what he said? When is it? We live in a day and age when people won't surrender their music, won't surrender their movies, won't surrender their language, won't surrender their dress, won't surrender their friends. So it's no wonder they won't surrender their life. Surrender. There is a satisfaction that only comes when surrender is present. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And it is a wonderful thing, but it is something that demands something of us. Surrender. You want to know satisfaction? Learn surrender. He says in his word, he submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Boy, doesn't that seem so opposite of what many times people are looking for in this world? We don't want submission. It's a dirty word. It is to all of us if you're human. We don't like it. It's why the word submit is there. <laughs> Submission implies that I don't understand it and I don't want to do it. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Sometimes we could use tears in our life. Sometimes we could use mourning in our life. Over sin. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And he shall lift you up. The call of our culture today is to accept sin. The call of God is to expose it and forsake it. It's to deal with it. It is confess it, repent of it, turn away from it, to surrender to your God. And he brings peace. Seek him, separate, surrender, and search. Look at verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth, brud, forth bud, and, and it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. We don't see much snow here, do we? All right? At least we're hoping not, right? He said, just like that water comes down, like that snow comes, and it waters the earth, and it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, he says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whither unto I sent it. He said, you know, Christian, just like water brings forth bud, God's word 
brings forth fruit in our life. It shall not return unto me void. You know, there's never been a promise of God that God won't fulfill. You take this book, and if God says it, it will happen. Just like that water falls and rains on this earth and it produces bud, God says when this book, when God speaks, it happens. It happens. There's no stopping it. Well, I think of this when I think of Israel. <laughs> it's a sad state of affairs, isn't it, when even in our own country people are protesting. From the river to the sea, wipe them out. Bad news for them. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Matter of fact, don't get between them and God. It's a bad place to sit. And how do we know this? Well, God said so. I don't care what a politician says, what a protester says. God's given us some prophecy and prediction. It's not happening. And brother, not just in that alone, but this book is filled with the promises of God that never fail. So search the scripture. Find the promise. Live your life by the promise and you will be fruitful. I will tell you this. You want satisfaction, go to that book in your hand. Go to that book you have in your hand. Search it for its promises. Search it for the one that talks about. Draw an eye to God. Find his promises. Live it out. When he calls something sin, agree with him. When he calls something right, agree with him. When he gives you a promise, stand on it. When he directs you through his word, live by it. And, and you say, how do you know it'll be, bring forth fruit? Because, brother, friend, as sure as the water comes and brings forth blood, God's, or brings forth fruit, God's word will not return void. How do you know you're saved once for all? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. And they shall never perish neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Sealed to the day of redemption, a child of God. How do I know that I can walk out of here at peace in my salvation? Because he said so. Because he said so. And there is a book in your lap, filled with the promises of God, that when you take them, when you search them, when you live by them, God gives satisfaction. And, they, and he says those words, for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Are you going out with joy and being led forth with peace? Or are you going out with heartache and being led forth with turmoil. There is a way to get the opposite, friend. And I'm not saying every circumstance will go the way you want because it probably won't. But I will tell you the answer he gives us in the scripture. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Go looking for him because I promise you this, you'll find out he's looking for you. Can I tell you something? If I go looking for him tomorrow morning, I'm going to find him right there waiting for me. There in Ascot Way, at the end of my couch, where I take a seat as I go to pick up the Bible, and I open it up, and I go looking for him. Guess who I find there before I even arrived? My God. He's waiting for me. I don't know where your spot is, but if you go looking for him, I'll tell you something. 
you find him already looking for you. Seek the Lord. Separate from sin. What have you got? The verse. Lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. What are you carrying around that's building up a wall of separation? What are you carrying around that's quenching the spirit and grieving him in your life? Deal with it. It is not worth. It is not worth what you could have if you dealt with it. Keep short short accounts with God. He said, just clean it up. And he says that those things, not only that, but surrender. I, I get it. We will never always understand God. And I don't always understand my wife. <laughs> All right. Trying to dwell with her according to knowledge. I'm thankful God didn't say dwell with her according to understanding. Two separate things, right? I can learn to know what she's, how she might react. I may not understand why she reacts that way. She's at home with a sick one, so I can say that. She's watching live stream, though. It may have been better if she was here in junior choir, right? I may not, I can learn to dwell with her according to knowledge. I may not always understand her, but we may not always understand God. But you can live according to the knowledge of God. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Know him. Search out his word. There are incredible promises. You, here's one way to know peace. Find out what you're struggling about. And find out what God's word says about it. And I promise you, he says something about it. Because it's got all we need. Find out what he says about it. Claim what he says about it. And know the peace that comes from knowing this is what God's going to do in my life. Satisfaction. There's a crowd when you read the early part of the chapter. Why do you, he says these words, let me read it so I don't misquote it. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. The sad story of the Christian who doesn't do these things is they're spending their money and their labor on things that will never satisfy. Cheese puff Christianity, right? For a moment it tastes good, but there's no satisfaction in it. You'll be looking for another cheese puff before long. But here the Lord is saying... There is something that satisfies. When we seek him, when we separate from sin, when we just surrender to what he's doing, and when we search his word, we know the peace and the joy of the Lord. One of the greatest testimonies to a lost world is a Christian that knows the peace and the joy of the Lord. They see something in our life that they cannot explain. It's peace and joy given by the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the word of God. I'm thank you, thankful for this passage here <clears throat> in the book of Isaiah. Lord, we long for peace in our life, but Lord, we know that only comes by way of the Lord. It's you truly that we long for. If someone knows Christ, knows the Lord as their Savior, it's you that we need. Lord, I pray where someone maybe is, is unsatisfied in life, they would make the decision, Lord, just to seek you out and find you waiting, to separate from sin that may be being allowed in their life, to surrender to what you're doing in their life rather than fighting and wrestling with God, or to search the scriptures, to spend time in your word and find the promises of God and live by the promises of your word.
Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask you, first of all, how many of you know Christ as your Savior? That's a settled thing for you. There's a time in your life when you put your trust in Christ. If that's your testimony, would you raise your hand just between you and I and the Lord? You say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. Thank you. may put your hand down. Is there anybody here tonight say, Preacher, I do not know that. I'm not saying you don't know about Christ or you don't know what he did for you at the Calvary, but maybe it's just not become personal to you. You're still thinking about Jesus having died for the world and not Jesus having died for you. But you say, Preacher, I, I want to know Christ as my Savior tonight. Is there anybody like that? You'd raise your hand so I can pray for you. Is there anybody like that? Let me ask you this then, Christian. How many say, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart? I, maybe there's a certain situation that's stealing your peace and your joy. Maybe there's a sin that God just knocked on your heart and said, why don't you fix that before it costs you too much? Maybe it's just that searching of the Word of God or surrendering to a circumstance, but you'd say, hey, preacher, the Lord has spoken to my heart this evening. You raise your hand as a testimony, and would you stand with me as that pianist begins to play as God has spoken to your heart. Spend time with Him in, in, on your knees tonight and try that surrender out a little bit and just say, Lord, here I am, and Lord, as you've spoken to me, I... I've come and I, and I want to be right with you. I want to know the peace and joy of the Lord. And maybe you're seeking satisfaction in the wrong place. And God just drew your attention to the fact that you're never going to get it there. You get some temporary relief, but it'll go, go away. And on top of it will be a whole lot more turmoil. But as God spoken to your heart, do business with him this evening.